Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I'm joined by a returning guest, Matt Finch of Mythmere Games. Welcome. And thank you for having me back on again. It's great to have you on. I'm excited. I'm really excited because I get to do some random rolling on a book that I really got into and have used a lot with you, the person who's written this book. <laughs> I'm always up for something where we roll some dice. I, I like that too. So we're going to look at the Tome of Adventure Design that was just crowdfunded on Kickstarter not that long ago. The physical copy should be filled by the end of the year. Is there a way people can still get a hold of those if they want to? Or where can they look for them in the future? How will they be able to access that? Uh, well, we're going to be selling it after the Kickstarter is done. Um, it, anybody who just wants a PDF, you can get it on drive-thru right now, or you can get it from our website, mythmeregames.com. And in fact, it's, it's at like number six or seven right now is the top selling drive-thru PDF. But that, that does not get you a physical copy. And if you want to get a physical copy, uh, don't pay separately for the PDF because you can, you can usually get the PDF along with the book you know, if, if we're still taking pre-orders. So if you want a physical book, go and check the Kickstarter page, see if we're still offering pre-orders there because we're going to cut that off pretty soon. Um, see if it's still up there. If so, then that's the way to do it. And if if not, you'll want to go ahead and wait and, and we'll have it in the in the store once the Kickstarter is fulfilled. I'll try to put a link in the show notes for you all if you're looking for the Kickstarter page too as well. Okay. So we want to look at this and this book is made so that you can randomly roll up an adventure, correct? That's the way it works. Yeah. So where should I start? I'm, 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 I'm looking at this table of contents. There's a, quite a few pages here. Right. Well, it's, you know, like, like any creative process, there's not any single, uh, single way to roll. So, you know, it, it does cover everything from the initial idea all the way through to the, uh, uh, the details of the adventure, but there's different ways to do it. So the way that I usually start, and it's, and I actually think I mentioned it in the introduction, is that it's usually, uh, usually I start an adventure with an idea of either for a location or something about the villain or it's a new monster. And those tend to be the things that give me the most inspiration to, uh, to move on forward. So uh, maybe what we do is we, we'll do a little bit maybe more die rolling than one normally would if you're trying to, uh, you know, to not showcase what all is in the book. Let's roll up a couple of things. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll mentally edit out the parts that don't fit. So let's go ahead and start with a location-based adventure, you know, which for most old schoolers, you know, the, the location-based adventure rather than an event-based event adventure is, is, is the way that you design something, even if it eventually turns into an event-based adventure, you usually start with a location. So I'm going to roll up uh, and I'm just picking, this is table uh, number one, one a, I'm looking at a, an old version of the book, not the PDF, uh, for the new one, uh, which is mainly because my internet's a little bit unstable and I want to keep as few things running on my computer as possible. Um, so I'm not going to pull up Adobe, uh, and, and deal with the, uh, the, the memory effects of that. So I rolled what you do on this, uh, this is just a, it's locations table. It's an overview. Uh, you roll independently for each column. So the first thing that I rolled was a 91. And so that tells me that we're working with the towering. And I'm going to roll again. I got a 79. Monastery of? Is this the same in this? Because yep. I have the PDF. Yes, same table. <laughs> I have the new PDF here. I got the old one on the shelf. I should have grabbed it. <laughs> yeah. So it's the towering monastery. And then I rolled an 04. Towering monastery of the bat chanter. Okay, that 
The, all right, well, the bat chanter. Let's I'm not we'll sure I know what chanter. a chanter is. What's it? The, just chanting like words? Yeah, somebody who chants. Oh, okay. Or, or a thing that chants. So, I thought it was an object that was uh, Well, I think it's also, isn't that also the thing on the bagpipe that you actually put where you put your fingers? Isn't that the chanter? You know, I can tell you with a second with Google. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot more fun to just sit and speculate, though. You know, you get much more creative results that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, if, if, if it's not an instrument, the chanter is now an instrument. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've got the towering monastery of the bat chanter. And we don't know what the bat chanter is, but, uh, you know, it's probably somebody who sings to bats. They've got a towering monastery. So let's go on now and take a look at the missions and think to ourselves, okay, so, and, and this is, you know, is going to depend on your own you know, party, but uh, let's go ahead and figure out uh, that there might be some sort of mission that's involved there. And so for this, we're going to go ahead and roll. We're going to ignore the fact that we've got a location and we're going to roll for uh, a mission here. So I've got a 60. So, okay. So that's a location. That uh, now I'm looking at table one, three types of missions. Okay. And I actually rolled a location. So that takes me to table one, six, and this is going to tell me sort of what it is uh, so I rolled a 67 there. And so that is that we're going to loot. And this may give us some idea about what's going on in this monastery too. 91. Loot a village. Oh, I, I, this is fun. <laughs> so that would tell us the monastery is sort of like a village. So I, I think where we end up with there, you know, because this is one of these things where those are, are parallel and alternate tables to each other. They're not necessarily a progression. So, you know, this is, this is telling me that... Uh, uh, if we're if we're looting, then it's either something that's abandoned or it's something that's still working. Um, we could roll up a patron as well. And uh, so if we want to roll up a patron 21, that is a, uh, a magic user. It's an adventurer or a magic user. Adventure magic user. Oh, that's a this is a D1000 table. Oh, yeah. You know what? And I, I did not do that right. I rolled percentile. So let me roll. Okay. So oh, my. So yeah. I remember. Four, I, I remember us, us trying to. 417. Yeah. All right. 417 is actually. An heir to a fortune. Okay. Maybe we have to loot the heir to the fortunes now. <laughs> well, it's the heir to the. The heir oh, the is, patron who needs us to is loot. the patron. And his motivation may be. Uh, now I'm looking at table one nine. That is lust for lust for, and then eighty six lust for spouse. Oh okay. my! <laughs> so I mean, we could we could put that together. I mean, so that that could be somebody who you know has has inherited some sort of object that they want to give to their spouse. Is a dowry or something like that? Even back then, something weird like that. Yeah, and that really is you know if you know that's you know hook background, which is. Not so, you know, which it really depends on the party, how important the background stuff is. What I look for with the backgrounds is, you know, is something giving me, uh, you know, some sort of idea. So, I mean, you know, we could have the the bat chanter, you know, as you said, so that actually could be a magic item um, that gives you some sort of control over bats. And it's in the hands of somebody who is not supposed to have it. I'm not getting very much, uh, you know, sort of resonance with what we've got. So, so let's roll a up a hooks and motivations table right after the patron motivation table as well. Yes. Now that is what, that is the reason why the characters might want to go there. So it's a bunch of, these are the different, you know, because you, uh, you may have an adventure where money is not really what you're going to get out of it. You know, in fact, money is often one of the least interesting 
motivations for adventure. The more interesting ones are where you discover that there's some sort of magic item out there, um, you know, and you're usually going to get that kind of magic item or you're going to have some sort of political influence or something like that. And so if our bat chanter is actually going to be something that could get, you know, into the hands of the players, I think we're pretty good in terms of why the players are going to want to do something. But one thing we may want to do is let's figure out something about our villain. Whoever it is, oh, I rolled a zero one. What's that? All right. So the villain is trying to, now I'm on the master table of villainous plans. The villain is trying to conceal themselves. So they're hidden away in this monastery with their bat chanter. There is a sub table for rolling on that as, as to like who they're, who they're trying to conceal themselves from. Um, so I roll a 59. So they're trying to conceal, they're trying to conceal themselves from a former victim. And 79. And so they're creating a secret organization of minions meeting in secret. So it could be a secret cult or a plot to overthrow the government. Uh, or a unification of where rat tribes in the sewer tunnels of a city, secret societies can take many forms. Um, so it's some sort of secret net. now. So I'm, I'm thinking werebats here. Mostly. <laughs> I would like that. That would be fun. <laughs> That's one thing I have not, I'm sure there's gotta be stats in something for a werebat. That has yeah. to be. Has to be in one of my monster manuals. That's too. That's too cool not to have those. Yeah. Somewhere. And so we've got, you know. So I'm seeing, you know, uh, the, I think our bad guy. Since we got the word chanter, you know, I think our bad guy is actually somebody, you know, who's a bard. You know, depending on which edition you're playing. If that's if you're playing, you know, uh, advanced indie, you're looking at somebody who's really, really powerful there. But anyway, somebody who's got bard-like powers. So they're they're playing this musical instrument. They're able to control werebats. And so from there, we know that we've got a, a, a towering sort of adventure. So let's flip over now to, um, and, and here you, you know, you've got your question of whether you want to structure this like the uh, Keep on the Borderlands. Um, we're doing a fairly short show here. So let's just go ahead and we'll use the, uh, the kind of mega dungeon approach for this. And then we'll, we'll figure that it's you know, got to be scaled down and towering. So one of the main things about the dungeon areas is, is on... Uh, uh, in, in the older books, it was page 149, but it's the, the heading, the, the map in book three, uh, and it shows various dungeon areas to do. And so this might actually be one of the ones, there, there, there's one that is purely linear in here. And so this might, given that it's a tower, normally I do not use that because, you know, pure linearity, you've got to have some reason for it being that way. So if it's a really epic quest where you've got, you know, a series of gateways that you've got to get through, you know, rod of seven parts type of thing, then that is something that uh, you could use. We might use that for a tower, but I think what let's probably do is a, there's one that's more shaped like a pyramid where you've got a starting area that can get you into two different locations what table is that uh, well this is not a table this is oh, actually okay. it's, it's it's a diagram uh that looks a little bit like a flow chart and so just to kind of begin treat that as, a, as its transition um and so that's table 323 transitions between areas and we'll sort of use that to get our thing so all right so i rolled a 91 so it's actually starting with an architectural trick so go to table 383 it does definitely take you know more than just the 15 minutes that we've got to design a dungeon but i think you know we've already we've already outlined you know the the basic this is what's going to be in here so let's take a look at um the quick architectural tricks are probably not well that might be what we're looking for so i rolled a 21 bridge or walkway falls to reveal entrance now we know that we've got a tower so i think what we're what what i'm going to go with here is that we've got uh you've got a tower and there are there are two entryways into it which we sort of established with our diagram of the area so there's going to be a bridge that leads to the main entrance and then always with a tower 
you've got the possibility that they're going to climb or fly up to other areas. And so what we'll say is that we've got this one entrance here, and then there's another entrance sort of midway. And so that's going to give the characters the sort of reconnaissance issue of trying to find out uh, you know, which one of those two approaches they may want to go through. And so that that gives us, you know, that thing. So let, I'm going to roll again for another architectural trick. And I don't have high hopes for what this is going to do, <laughs> but uh, to see whether I get something that's an interesting idea for the way in up top. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah. I think we'll say that this is a natural uh, spire. So you're not really dealing with windows and things like that, unless you wanted to do you know, a, a standard sort of castle assault, but we're, we're looking to get something a little more interesting. So I rolled a 64 and I'm lo looking again on the transitions table, a 64, I just rolled another bridge. Um, so that's not very useful. Like I said, I had low hopes. Well, a bridge could be interesting if there's like a cliff or something nearby this tower and there is a some sort of bridge that's reaching from the cliff to the top of the tower i could see that yeah well we already rolled one bridge is the and, thing so there, yeah, there's two the, bridges would be uh so the first bridge would be at the bottom i guess the second one would be the top maybe a more rickety bridge that's scary to go across like indiana jones style <laughs> yeah that, that might be um so i i just took a second roll given that i rolled a bridge twice now i got a door or archway normal that's not very interesting at all so i'm gonna roll on the more complex architectural tricks. So my complex architectural tricks, this is table 385. And so for the first column, I rolled a 26. That's a dais. So this is, a, that's not an entryway. This th That particular table is, is, is more for the interior or something. What we're going to do here is we're just going to assume that that's a doorway in there, but we're going to roll on the other columns. So I'm going to roll for how it functions to so disconnect or reconnect something. So here's an interesting thing. Let's say that there are two bridges. The, the one at the bottom is just a causeway, uh, you know, your standard sort of bridge to get into an area, but your top right. one your top one has something that's got to be reconnected in order for it to function. So let's say that there are two bridges and you know maybe one's coming from the south and one's coming from the north, but one of them has fallen. And so there is a, a very, very large gap in that bridge that uh, so they can go that direction. But if they go that direction, then they're going to be faced with how to get across that gap in the bridge, possibly under fire if there are ways of people seeing. And one thing that I think we do know is that if there are werebats in here, there are going to, there are going to be a lot of, there are going to be a lot of different holes leading into to different places. So probably that top bridge is, is not the way to go, uh, but it does give the characters two different choices and something to evaluate, well, we could do this or we could do that. If there is a little town outside where they've been gathering information, uh, they may, they probably have heard if they ask around that what's attacking this area uh, is something that flies. Well, maybe also if they're flying up there and it's at the top of the tower, the bat chanter they're going for, it may be the way out that they're trying to fix up when things go bad and you got a bunch of werebats coming at you, you're trying to run out of there. <laughs> so that's a so that's a great idea. So let's let's do this. Let's say that the normal way in is only a way in. It's not a way out. You can, it, it lock. It's a one-way door in, in some way when you go through. And so you you can come in through that direction, but you've got to leave through that higher up broken bridge area. And the reason that the werebats broke the bridge is they don't need it. <laughs> yeah, it make a lot of sense that they wouldn't need that bridge there. <laughs> On that diagram, the way that the table works is that, you know, you roll for the general, and it's mainly for mega dungeons. And so you roll for, 
you know, what's in this area, and then you roll for what's the transition to the next area. And the result of that is that it does tend to give you, you know, here is a generally accessible, you know, uh, area in which you can get into all of the rooms from all of the other rooms or close to it. But then here is a sudden bottleneck. And that gives you the, the, the knowledge that we have now moved on to a new, different area of the dungeon. A new level um, of the dungeon. Well, not even not even on the new level. This can be on the same level because you want to you got to keep giving characters certain things, certain uh, certain milestones, certain bits of information about the backstory. Uh, you know, all of these. This is what makes a, a, a good adventure into a great adventure is to is to make sure that you're hitting all of these bases of what the players there are certain, you know, rewards mentally that players get. And so one of them is, you know, we found something interesting here. Another one is we have figured out how to move into the next area. Tactically speaking, you want to have certain areas where everything comes together uh, into a bottleneck or a pinch point kind of thing. And again, that sort of signifies that you moved on to another area. So you're, you're designing these areas one by one in the Mega Dungeon thing. And I'll leave that to anybody who wants to, uh, you know, fill in the Towering Monastery of the Bat Chanter uh, to do that within this, you know, naturally occurring tower spire. But what I like to do um, whenever I hit a slowing down point is the what comes next method, uh, which is table 378. 378. Yeah, now, which is also something that now you can do using the Apophenia engine as well of just, you know, hey, what comes next? So you, you do this, hit a random page in your PDF, and we're going to figure out what's on the inside of the uh, of the main gate door. You look at the Apophenia engine. I'm going to roll a result on the table and let's see what we both get. I have, so I'm just looking at the Apophenia engine. I'm going to go with damaged by exposure or made of iron. So damaged by exposure. Um, so one thing, all right, so let's do this. Uh, that bridge uh, that leads in, we were assuming that that was going to be over the top of the water. Let's say that it's a causeway, but it's currently flooded. Ah. So you've got to get somebody under the water long enough to get the door open, and it's not going to flood the whole thing. We'll have the water just going up, you know, part of the way uh, on the door. And what I rolled was a number was number eighty five. What comes next is things on stilts. Oh. I mean, that kind of gets interesting too, because then we can have people on the inside of there. It's a deep floor. It's underwater, but the bad guys, the guards. They have stilts. That's not going to help you very much if the characters are inside. But there, they, you know, you get the the general idea of here's a combat where the the characters have been, you know, holding their breath or something like that to get this door lock picked or forced open or however it might be. Uh, and when they open it up, you know, a lot of water rushes in and there are defenders on stilts. I don't know how that combat <laughs> is going to go, but that's inter <laughs> that's interesting. You got to figure it out to 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 get something that you know makes a. Uh, makes for a good encounter, but that's a, definitely a very flavorful kind of, uh, you know, opening room for the assault on the thing right there. I think some of this may actually make it into, because we're doing the swamp for my next adventure, because that's where they went on the hex map. Uh -huh. I think some of this might be making it into my next adventure. Sure, <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> and so other ways that you can think about this thing too, is that, okay, so werebats, they don't really have a reason to be on stilts. Um, so maybe what we're getting here is that the werebats only really live in the top part of this thing. And you've got some other sort of monsters that are down below and very varying up the kinds of monsters uh, in a dungeon is always something that's good. Because if you if you continually hit more of the same, more of the same, more of the same, like in a lair, it's got to be very 
it's going to be finished very quickly, you know, that kind of thing, or it's going to get boring very quickly. So I, I just assumed that the guards were on the guards were on stilts because it was flooded down there on the bridge and that's how they got back and forth and moved around. (laughs) Well, that, yeah, I mean, that could be too. So, you know, it could be that the not thinking it through approach might be to hold your breath and possibly take damage while you're trying to force the door while you're standing. But here's a smarter way of doing it. There's actually a button 10 feet above the level of the water that simply opens the door for you and you don't have to deal with it at all. And so that gives you this, you know, I always try and maximize the number of meaningful decisions that the players, not the characters, but the players can make Mm -hmm. because you want to be challenging. You know, it's a game that challenges player skill. It's not just a simulation through which you roll uh, through which you run characters that have been pre-generated and see what they do. You know, that I think is one of the distinctions between the old school and the new school is that in the new school, you are running the risk of creating a situation that's just a simulation unless you build in, you know, here is where your player skill is going to come in. So this would be one example of here's where player skill is going to come in is, you know, did you actually check the whole door and see whether there is an easier way in than the obvious one? And so we'll put an easier way in. There's a button you know, that's, that's been designed because this thing has been, has been flooded for defense and it's wor- working absolutely as expected. If you, if you're in the know, one of the defenders, you know, that all you have to do is push the button, but if you don't, you can run the risk of having somebody, you know, drown or take damage from, from being underwater. So that would be the sort of entrance to the thing. So we've got, we've got the, the, the basic outline here and we've, you know, we've not used there are a whole, whole lot of tables in here that we haven't even used, you know, the dungeon dressing type tables. There's a ton of tables yeah. in this. Well, I want to thank you for coming on again. That was a, there was a lot of great stuff you had there. Uh, a lot of great suggestions and things to think about, honestly. But before we go, because we're out of time, we're past time. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no, I love it. I'm having a great time here. Before we go, could you tell the listeners where they can find you online, find the Tome of Adventure Design and, and other Mythmere products as well? Yep, you can go to MythmereGames.com, uh, which is the company's uh, store website. And that uh, is, is uh, in, in pretty good shape at this point. We're a new company, don't have a very large catalog yet, but that's one place to look. Also, uh, pretty much everything is also on DriveThruRPG.com. Uh, which is where a lot of people go because it, you know, you add your stuff to your library. So uh, searching for Tome of Adventure Design or for Mythmere Games on uh, Drive-Thru RPG uh, will work also. Thank you so much for coming back on. It's great talking to you again. Always fun to come by. As always, if you enjoy what you heard, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. We're on Facebook, Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. There's the Patreon, patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and keep those dice rolling.